welcome to episode 131. I just said 131, and right before I was going to say, we'd talk, as we do, talk about the episode number. <laughs> I said 131, and you said 131, and I said hello, and my brain went, 134! <laughs> like, no, brain, be quiet, what are you doing? Oh my god. Uh, I'm here, Mitch is here, this is the last, uh, last episode of September. This, this, of this year. This is not, it's not a weird way for us to say the show is ending, like, well, just. Yeah. Our last last September ever, let's make it count. (laughs) (laughs) We know some things you don't. Um... (laughs) Okay, before we get down to official business, um, so if you listen to Gene Pool Variety Hour, you're probably already familiar with uh, Botched, the, the Dungeons & Dragons podcast. I did an intro for them uh, a couple months ago. Uh, Dennis, uh, who is one of the hosts and, I guess, co-creator creator of that podcast, has a Kickstarter that's uh, currently fully funded uh, for a werewolf uh, comic book called Lycan, Solomon's Odyssey. So it's a 60-page, fully illustrated horror comic series about the very first werewolf uh, and kind of his, uh, his path uh, through history. Uh, as I said, it's fully funded, so if you go and throw some money at the project, you are guaranteed to get all that they are promising because it's fully funded. Um, so you can uh, head on over to uh, HiveheadStudios.com. That's the name of the... Uh, comic studio that is putting out the uh, the comic backing the project so on and so forth or uh, clockfox.net and if you listen to the uh, Gene Pool Variety Hour, Dennis is going to be the uh, co-host this episode and based on the movie that they're going to watch uh, let me just say my exact response when uh, Sean told us about the movie is I said if if there was the opportunity to be on a podcast with Eddie Vedder and the requirement was that I had to watch that movie, I would not do it. So, <laughs> but, uh, anyway, so yeah, so go, go check it out. If you like comics, yeah. if you like werewolves, uh, and like it you looks, said, it, and we got, uh, we got a little preview of some yeah. pages mm-hmm. and, uh, it is actually, it was, it's really good. Yeah. Uh, a lot of, you know, a lot of times you see these, these indie projects, uh, and it's becoming more of a thing for comics now, I think, mm-hmm. than it has been in the past. But, uh, you know, a lot of times you see these things and, and, uh, it's, it's not what you have come to expect from, say, an image or a, a DC or Marvel, like, you know, yeah. one of the big studio, of course, because it's creator owned. But man, this thing is legit. Yeah. Like, it was really good, the few pages that he sent us. So, yep. Yeah, and it's kind of an interesting take because it's, you know, it's it's kind of, you know, the name Solomon, like, you kind of bring to mind more, like, kind of biblical times, and that's basically, like, mm-hmm. kind of when it starts. So, you know, this yep. idea of, of kind of following uh, this guy through throughout history. Um, so, yeah, so definitely go check it out. Um, okay, so I have a question for you because October is soon upon us, which means the uh, countdown to Halloween. Um, yep. So do you have a do you have a typical, like October first movie? Like we're gonna officially? I mean, obviously, you know, watch mm. horror movies all year long. But you know, sure. Halloween's different. October's different. Um, right. 
do you have like I know that there's certain movies that you watch every year, but do you have a mm. kind of like this one kicks the season off? Actually, I don't. I'm surprised that I don't. Um, no, uh, I. What I've done the past few years is I'll pick a theme, mm. and and I have certain things that are obviously um, required viewing for like you know the the day before Halloween and then Halloween night I watch a couple things. Uh, but like I've done, I did Hallow Werewolf uh, a couple of years ago, where I watched as many because I had this. I've had this habit, especially since the show of of watching things once and that being it, because I'm yeah. always you know going to the next thing. Um, and so I went and rewatched a ton of werewolf movies that I'd only seen once that I liked. So oh, I watched cool. Like, I watched like where and, yeah. and uh, how you know things like that things you know we've we've done throughout the history of werewolves mm-hmm. uh, and then I did like classics the year before that so I did like the original Texas Chainsaw stuff mm-hmm. like that just because you know those things I love those movies and uh, but you know I'll find myself popping in Texas Chainsaw two more often than the original just oh my because God, I haven't watched that one in forever. It's just so much fun and batshit crazy, and I don't have to pay attention. Or if I miss something, it doesn't bother me. But like, if I put Texas Chains the original on, if I pick up my phone, or if I if something happens in the living room, I'm constantly rewinding. Oh, I missed that part. Shit like yeah. That. So, uh, so I did those. But now I, I, I watch, um, you know, a few things. That the last week is pretty busy as far as like, you know, seasonal like traditional watching. But uh, mm-hmm. no, I don't have like a something that kicks it off. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't either. I mean, I think I, I tend to like you. I, I think I tend to just kind of go where the winds take me, so to speak. Yeah. Um, and then just uh, just kind of decide what to do. I mean, a lot of times it's especially because you know, since prior to doing the show, I would definitely stick with more of like my classics because I just wasn't exposed to you know as many mm-hmm. um as many movies but now that like you know we've been doing this i have i definitely have a much larger stable um of things uh, to, <laughs> yeah. to watch but also you know i mean i tend to um you know be able to you know go on on shutter and then um mm-hmm. you know find something like oh shit i've never seen that or you know i i for- totally forgot about that movie or you know stuff like that um because I know that they, you know, they always do the, whatever, the countdown, um, 60, I think actually they were doing like 61 days of Halloween at one point. I don't know if they're still yeah, doing that. they are. Yeah, this year they're doing okay. it again. Yeah, so I mean, you know, they always kind of give me some stuff, but I like the idea of themed stuff. I'll have to, uh, I'll have to take a look at that, see if yeah, I'm see thinking, what I can come up with. For whatever reason, it's been a long time since I watched Scream, and so I've been kind of wanting to watch Scream. Yeah. I might do like like those '90s slashers from when slashers came back because I mm-hmm. haven't seen a lot of those in for like like Urban Legend and all that shit. I haven't seen that shit in years. Yeah, I know it, what you did like all those. Yeah, they're actually doing a remake. Uh, they're making a TV show. Of, I know what you. Yeah, did I last saw time. that. Yeah. yeah, it's funny that you mentioned that because there was like oh, I don't know, maybe it was a year ago. I, I don't, time just has no meaning <laughs> anymore. <laughs> but for some reason, I got a mind to watch. Scream Four. Um, Me too. Was, and and I watched it, yep. and I had completely forgotten that that Emma Roberts was in it. 
And um, mm. and I remember watching it, and I, I kind of got on this hook of like these meta, you know, like the Scream Four and the whatever the Nightmare on Elm Street is when they're making. Uh, isn't there? The, oh, the, the, oh, new nightmare. The metal yeah, one? new nightmare. Yeah, when they're yeah. So I kind of got on this hook of these like kind of meta type of mm-hmm. things and watched Scream Four, and I was like, God damn, this is way more solid of a film than I remember it being. Um, oh, it's great. It's it's. Uh, I don't know. It, it, I actually kind of want to watch all of them this year just because I, I'm kind of like. I'm of the mind that I think my ranking is probably one, four, two, three, because I remember liking four that much, but it's been a while. And so I'm, I'm kind of thinking I'm going to watch all four of them. Yeah. And my, pro- my only problem with doing something like that is, is then sometimes the, it, it kind of goes both ways, right? Like some of the ones you remember um, as being mm-hmm. uh, really good, are better than what you thought. And then some of the ones end up being, you're like, wow, that's way worse than I remember. (laughs) But yeah, yeah, just like when I rewatched season of the witch, I was like, I had not seen season of the witch and I don't know how long. And I just remember going, what the fuck is this? This kids with Matt, like this is nothing to do with Michael Myers. And, and, and then rewatching it last year, and I was like, "Oh my god, this thing's fucking amazing!" Like yeah. I just had completely <laughs> forgotten it's about fantastic. how it's just kind of sub- subversive and fucked up um, the movie was. So um, yeah, so I up to try out to try to feel. I think I'm probably gonna rewatch The Empty Man because um, oh nice, I'd like to 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 get into that one again. Um, and it'd and, be nice if they released that on Blu-ray or something. Well, you know, so HBO Max, because they they re, they pulled themselves from Amazon Prime in the way that like you can just like watch it through Amazon Prime, and so they lost a bunch of subscribers that way. Because I guess people can't be fucked both going into separate apps. Um, right. <laughs> so to kind of make up for the loss of subscribers that they got, they said, "All right, well, for six months, if you're a new or returning customer, you can get it for half off." So I was like, "Fuck mm. it, I, fuck it," like. Everybody keeps talking about how great it is, you know. It's it's this way, you know. I can, you know, watch, you know, the Matrix Revolutions right under the wire because it's like the last yeah. Warner Brothers movie. <laughs> uh, I don't give a fuck about Dune, but I was like, ah, eh, fuck it, uh, you know. And I and so I started kind of going through what movies they have, and I mean, I've seen pretty much all of them, but like one of them was The Empty Man, and I was like, God damn, I gotta watch that again. So, yeah. so I'll probably watch that again and. You know, obviously, I'll watch Haunt again, um, mm-hmm. but I'll have to see kind of what else I have. I have a bunch of, like, 70s, 80s ones that I got, and I just, like, Night of the, not Night of the Living Dead. What's the one with the punk rock zombies? Um, oh, Return of the Living Dead? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have that. I have Christine. Um, nice. I'm trying to think what else. I I, I kind of went on a tear and got a whole bunch of of older movies, uh, and I mm-hmm. haven't watched them all yet. So I'll probably kind of go through those. But um, yeah. But speaking of classic movies, so you uh, uh, were given access to the the Boris Karloff documentary, and I was given yeah. access to it too. But I'm an idiot and I forgot to watch it. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and, and classic monsters. That's something I, that I used to do every every October. Uh, yeah, I still watch at least the Wolfman, and I try to fit um, Abbott and Costello because oh. <laughs> I fucking love that movie. Um, 
But yeah, uh, we got uh, a screener of Boris Karloff, the man behind the monster, which is a documentary um, that goes into the life of the guy most famously known for playing Frankenstein. But he's Mm. also in a million other things. Um, And to be perfectly honest, uh, I I love this, by the way, just to get it out of the way up front. It was fantastic. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it was smart in that it went into Frankenstein immediately. Yeah. And then from there, backtracked into his history of getting into film and uh, how he was cast for a lot of, because he has a very unique look. Yes. Uh, and so he was cast, but the thing is, he, he was a hell of an actor and he could sing and all this other stuff. Uh, so he was like, you know, obviously typecast a lot. It's like villains and things like that. Um, but uh, it went into his history afterwards and then, uh, and then went, you kind of went from there. Uh, and then got and it got into how uh, he kind of got the shaft from Hollywood. Really? Uh, Is it because he was yeah. a monster movie actor? Well, it was because um, there was some a couple of the, the one thing they really talked about was uh, apparently he was not okay with how graphic and I'm definitely using finger quotes. <laughs> this this scene <laughs> this scene was in, in the original cut of Frankenstein. Uh, shows him to throw the little girl in the water. Oh, and okay. It audiences backlashed against it real hard. And he did too. He even he had a you know some some words with the director about like, yeah, I'm not doing this. And he was like, well you're doing it. And so, you know, he did and then he but he was against it. Verbally against it. And that's the kind of thing that you really didn't do, I guess, back then was speak out against studios and and the directors and things like this. Uh, so he was kind of viewed as a bit of a problem child for a while there. Mm. Uh, but, but then, you know, uh, audiences agreed with him and ultimately uh, they cut that. So, you know, the way it exists in the film now is you see him talking to her and he's, he goes to grab her and then it cuts to the flowers floating on top. Yeah. Of the yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and infers that he threw her in and she drowned. Um, but the thing, it was interesting. Um, just, because, you know, obviously he's not with us, but his daughter was in it and she mm-hmm. talked a lot about how her dad was done unfairly. And and it was it was also uh, I thought it was interesting how, like, they wouldn't even use his full name a lot of the, after Frankenstein because really? everybody knew him as, you know, because the Frankenstein poster did big letters, has Karloff on it, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So when he'd get work after that, it would always just be Karloff, you know, oh, yeah. or the man, you know, and literally the documentaries, the man behind the monster, it would almost say that type of thing. You know, right, the right. monster Karloff in this new thing. Um, and then, you know, he, he did uh, another movie that today would never have been made. And I can't remember the name of it, but he played like a Chinese man or something like that. Oh, and it was like this, yeah. This villain, I, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about, but he got into that and how he was uncomfortable doing that. But, you know, he needed money and all this other stuff. Um, but unfortunately, the print that like we got sent wasn't done yet. Mm. So, uh, so there were times when this, you know, obviously they wanted people to watch it, uh, I guess to get the word out and stuff. Cause you know, documentaries are not traditionally blockbusters by any stretch. Right. Uh, but, but there were times where people would be talking and the fucking music was so loud. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was like, Jesus Christ, I want to know what they're saying. There's no subtitles and this music is so loud. Right. Like, it was blaring. And then half of the interviews were in front of green screens and, uh, you know, there was like footage cut, put X here and stuff like that. Oh, okay. Watching. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but the, the, 
movie is out now. It's on VOD. Uh, I think it did a theatrical, obviously nowhere near me or I would have went. Um, uh, it's directed by Thomas Hamilton. And like, it's, it's just very well done, very informative. And like, I really enjoyed it because I, like I said, I watch these movies a lot, but to be perfectly honest, I'm lazy and I, I, I didn't know most of the stuff. Yeah. So it was just fascinating to, cause like, I, I mean, I've seen the guy in a million things a million times, but I right. knew almost nothing about him. Right. Which is crazy, but you know, and we have the internet, so why I have no excuse other than I'm just lazy. Uh, so this was great. Like I really, I really thoroughly enjoyed it. It was interesting. Uh, it's got a lot. It's got like it's got um, uh, Guillermo del Toro's in it. Ron uh-huh. Perlman's in it. Like just you know, like the interviews and stuff. Uh, yeah. Joe Dante. Like it's got just a who's who list of, of people because these, you know, these these movies have influenced filmmakers. Oh yeah, forever, and yeah. will always. Right. Uh, so just the people that ran it were fantastic, and I, I really enjoyed it. Cool. Awesome. All right. Well, we have two uh, kind of big-name uh, horror movies that have come out recently. Um, which one do you want to do first? Uh, <laughs> I think I, I think we'll do – I would rather do Malignant first. Okay. Because I'm more interested in your opinions on Candyman than I. Not that I'm not interested in your opinion. We haven't talked about either one. Yeah, that's why this is an exciting show for me. Yeah, because um, they're very, very different. Different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, Malignant came out. Uh, I can't remember if it was September or August. Uh, I think it was this, this month in September. I think it was September. Yeah. I think it's um, maybe. So. Um, Written and directed by James Wan, uh, also written by Ingrid Bisu and Akila Cooper, uh, have story credits. Um, and it uh, tells the story of Annabelle Wallace, uh, who plays Madison Mitchell, who is a young woman who um, uh, she's, uh, she's adopted, and she... Uh, we don't really know much about her past, um, but uh, her adoptive family, like, she's really close with her adoptive sister, um, and um, she starts having these, like, kind of weird dreams uh, when she's asleep of, of people getting murdered and, and uh, you know, kind of medical experimentation and things like that. Um, and uh, the stuff that she dreams about starts coming true where um people that unbeknownst to her were kind of linked to her past when she was a child um are getting uh kind of brutally murdered and um kind of becomes this story of finding out like what exactly happened to her uh what's behind it but she she's always had kind of had this um this imaginary friend who god I can't remember what his name was it was like Ethan or or Gabriel, I think. Gabriel, yeah. Gabriel, yeah. I was trying to remember too. <laughs> um, so, like, when she was a kid, and 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 you know, and not just like an imaginary friend, almost uh, kind of like a poltergeist, where you mm-hmm. know, she had like a like an electronic telephone, and 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 the phone would light up and ring, and and it would be Gabriel, and he would be kind of whispering to her, or like if she got angry, then you know, like the lights would go out or would flicker, and she'd say, "Oh, Gabriel's mad," or whatever. So, um, so you know. This is, you know, if 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 what you've known from James Wan of late has been like the Conjuring movies, this is like as that the absolute like tonal opposite of the Conjuring movies 
which you know are very much. Well, uh, do you disagree? No, I well no, but I think that for it's an hour and fifty minutes, and I think for an hour and. I don't know, 30 of those, it very much is the same. That's why I was so bored with this first. Well, I disagree with that because I think... But not that, the whole time. Not, but I mean, the Conjuring I movies... Initially, the, right, the Conjuring movies are definitely... I mean, they're, you know, they're kind of more slow burn, ghost type things. That's true. And, and this sure. movie definitely takes its time to tell the story of what is going on with Madison. But during that time... There's some pretty brutal kills going on, and yeah. like, and and you know, and and uh, you know, we we learn that Gabriel is not so much an imaginary friend, uh, and is right. like pretty pissed off at these people, and is taking out you know his, his aggression um, on them, and then, but also the just the style of filmmaking that kind of James Wan is using. There's you know, I got a lot of like kind of Evil Dead, Evil Dead Two vibes with the way the camera would move and kind of swoop mm-hmm. around, but also just like it's very kind of over the top at times almost to the point of being like absurd right. you know especially there's there's like this opening sequence of just beautiful colors like reds and deep blues kind of backlit characters and but these like really kind of like over the top pronouncements like we must cut the cancer out you know like this <laughs> you know and this like you can tell just from the beginning where like whereas these conjuring movies because it's they're dramatizations of supposed real events he while they definitely take poetic license with kind of what happened they they are trying to keep them more grounded um so as to really kind of sell that point that okay these people actually experience this like you can see this is the home this is a picture of the girl you know with going through the exorcism, things like that. Whereas mm-hmm. here he's just like, no, fuck it. We're just going like, it's completely off the wall. You are not supposed to take this seriously. This is not supposed to be something where you're going, um, Oh, could this happen? It's just fucking just crazy, bad shit, insane. Um, now I agree with you it, for a movie described like that. It is long and it does take a minute to really yeah, kind of hit high gear. Right. And, and having like, like knowing his, his film history outside of Aquaman uh, and you know um, how this opened, I was kind of like, Oh man, this is going to be the same old shit. And that's kind of what I meant. Not, yeah. Not that, because you're absolutely right. Uh, you know, it, it quickly, I would say initially it kind of plays as if it's a poltergeist type of thing. Absolutely. Um, 100%, I thought, of Vengeful Ghost. 100%. Yeah, exactly. That, exactly. And so I was kind of like, ugh, and it's a minute and how long? I mean a minute, an hour and how long? Yeah. And I was kind of like, uh But the, <laughs> the kills were gnarly, but I still, I just expected some lame-ass twist. Or, you know what I mean? Like, what you come to expect from these things, because... At the end of the day, this is still a, a studio, big budget. You know, this is a big name attached to a horror, so you're expecting it to be this certain thing. Mm-hmm. And and while yes, the kills were brutal, uh, I just was expecting some lame ass twist that was going to ruin everything. So I was not as into it until, you know, the, the last the, half hour. I laughed oh my, my fucking God. ass off, and not in I a bad too. way. 
not in a bad way in a 100 like i was like fine like it is i mean it's 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 a slow build and if you and i agree with you i mean i i think i enjoyed the build up more than than you did because i was trying to Mm. you know kind of put the different pieces together but once it kind of comes out like what exactly is going on first of all there's some very impressive kind of physical stunt work uh going on but then it 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 just like it goes full on as crazy as it was before it just goes right around the bend and and to your point where it's like this big budget like clearly they were like do whatever you want like just that's that's exactly what i think it is i think that this dude grew up watching this renting the same shit yeah same trash that we all rented (laughs) <laughs> in the 80s from video store shit that was straight to video, never would have seen the light of day on a screen right but being who he is and how much money he has made for blumhouse they're just like yeah you know what make whatever the fuck you want it's gonna make 10 million dollars or 100 million dollars right go for it right exactly um yeah it, it because it was i mean it was it was it was out there, man. I mean, it was yes. out there. I mean, I was explaining it to my my wife and my daughter when we were having dinner one night, and they were just like, you know, you, more so than usual, just like, why are you watching this? <laughs> and they're like, that sounds so stupid. And I was like, it was amazing. Exactly, it was stupid in all the best ways. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But no, I agree with you. This is this is absolutely like you know when you would just find the scuzziest. You know, you go through the horror section and looking at the boxes and you're you kind of knew you wanted something that when you look at it, you're like, ugh. but then you're like, yeah, that's the one. That's it. And and I mean, it. it's, you know, I what you don't want, though, is them to and I, you know, in the days of streaming, we don't know. You say if something I mean, it came out in the theaters, but I don't know how well it's done. I don't. I don't All know. I can say is this one of the most polarizing things I can remember in a very long time. Oh really? Like, oh yeah. People either love it or fucking hate it. It seems. Yeah. So, and I can understand that because when it when it goes, there are some some aspects of what happens that are not. Uh, typical of kind of horror movies. Um, yeah, particularly around some of the, the the murder scenes and things like the the scene like the scene in and, and I don't want to I don't want to spoil it, but the scene mm-hmm. in the in the in the jail, the way in which uh, that plays out is not a typical kind of like horror movie kills type of thing. Um, mm-hmm. So I could see some people being like, "Wait a minute, why is this in this movie?" But then also because it was so kind of batshit, I could see some people just being like, <laughs> "And I mean, and the the premise is one hundred percent stupid." If you stop to think about yes. it, like, it's just utterly oh, ridiculous. Yeah. But you buy it because if you grew up on, you know, if you grew up on these, you know, eighties horror movies where they just were like just. You know, when you think of something like Reanimator, where he's holding his yes. head and the head is just like <laughs> talking, he's got some green goo in it and complete, you know, it's like, that's, you need air, dude. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, I don't care whether you're alive. You can't, you need breath to talk. Like, right. that's, <laughs> like, where are your, where are your, your vocal cords even right now? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I think that, like, you know, as, as kind of horror has gone on, particularly of late, like, there's just this, 
you know, there's just this need to just kind of over-explain things or everything's got to be connected in this movie, explain yes. things, but they also were totally fine with being like, yeah, you're going to have to just go with it. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some shit I still don't know. I mean, there is there is no understanding because it, it doesn't make sense, but it was so funny to me. Uh, some things, even what they attempted to explain, I was like, but is that does that really do that? Yeah, I yeah, know, right? I'm like, <laughs> I don't think that's how that works in my limited yeah. understanding. <laughs> like, it's like, oh, this this phenomena sometimes can allow things to mess with electricity. And I'm like, does <laughs> exactly? <laughs> yeah, that was definitely uh, there. They, they the electricity stuff. They're definitely. I'm like, what what was the name of that movie where the guy gets electrocuted? The, the serial killer gets electrocuted and he goes through the electricity. Shocker. 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 Shocker, yeah. I mean, I'm like, that's that's not how that works, but that's also <laughs> not how this works. <laughs> like, that's, right. <laughs> 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 you know, I mean, it's a very comic book style of like, yes. ah, it's Electric Man, he got hit by lightning. Ah, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. How, how fucking it. cool is it that this would be in theaters? Like, just, oh my God, it still right? amazes me. I wish I had went to the theater, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, and I mean, and it's 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 definitely because James Wan has made, you know, them a bunch. Oh of, yeah. I mean, between I mean, you know, between the Fast and Furious, between Aquaman, of course, you know, Insidious and and the Conjuring movies. Mm-hmm. I mean, he can basically just kind of do what he wants. So if he's like, hey, I want to make this really kind of '80s esque, you know, Giallo, uh, Sam Raimi uh, horror movie, and it's gonna be batshit crazy and. They're gonna be they're just like yes, please. Yeah, <laughs> like, do, do your thing. Here's a few million. Do whatever the fuck you. Want. Yeah, exactly. They're just right. gonna be counting money on the other end. They know. Yeah, absolutely. One hundred percent. Um. Okay. So our next movie, uh, I think, as I as I mentioned, kind of falling into the trap of explaining things too much, um, mm. is the uh, re- reboot slash sequel to the 1992 classic uh, Candyman, and that is Candyman. Um, mm-hmm. So Nia DaCosta, uh, with a story by, um, or sorry, written by Jordan Peele, Wynn Rosenfeld, and Nia DaCosta. Um, so as we said, it, it's a sequel, but it's also kind of a, of a retelling. Um, essentially, and I'm going to probably butcher his name, Yaya Abdul-Mateen II, the second. Um, so he was in, um, uh, Watchmen. He was amazing mm-hmm. in Watchmen, the, the, the HBO show. He's also plays Morpheus in Matrix Revolutions. Um, so he plays a young artist, Anthony McCoy, um, who lives in, so Cabrini Green, which is the housing project that the original, uh, Candyman took place in. Um, in, in Chicago, um, you know, it's kind of been torn down and that this is a real life thing. It's not just for the purpose of the movie, it's torn down, you know, kind of high end condos put there. So Yaya plays, uh, an artist named Anthony McCoy, who, um, you know, kind of had some, uh, initial success, but you could tell he's in a bit of a kind of creative slump, um, he lives with his girlfriend, uh, Brianna Cartwright, played by Tayona Paris. She runs a uh, an art gallery, um, and um, he, uh, her brother, uh, came over with his boyfriend one night and tells them the story of what happened in the original Candyman. 
um, mm-hmm. where Virginia Madison played a grad student who, but tells it more from the standpoint of not Candyman not necessarily being a thing. Tells it more like Virginia Madison was this grad student. She came to Cabrini Green because she wanted to hear. She was investigating, writing a paper on or doing her doctoral thesis on kind of folklore and how myths get transferred and through you know, the retelling, um, and essentially kind of went crazy. Um, kidnapped a young baby, um, and then um, uh, killed a like killed a Rottweiler. You know, killed some people. Mm-hmm. Um, kidnapped the baby. Was gonna set the baby on fire in the in a bonfire, and and kind of telling it from that story. But then also says, oh yeah, you know, there's also this kind of Candyman thing, and you know, you say his name and blah blah blah, uh, and then things um, kind of go from there. Um, and this was a movie that just could not stop explaining things. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, if you were unclear as to what gentrification was, well, do I have a movie for you? <laughs> because you're going to hear about it, and not in a natural way, several times over the course of the film, uh, but as a way of... Like the thing that I that bothered me about this movie was I felt like so so the the cast is 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 primarily uh black actors and actresses talking mm-hmm. about issues that primarily uh you know gentrification um you know racial justice police brutality so they're talking about issues that they would be just <clears throat> intimately familiar with as a part of just living as a black person in America, but they're talking about it in a way like they're educating each other, but they wouldn't have to because they, they, to to some degree, whether they've lived it directly, undoubtedly, even if that hasn't happened, their parents have educated them on these things because that, that's unfortunately part of the black experience in America, but they're talking about it with each other. Like they're teaching each other about it. Almost like they're telling, they're trying to teach the audience who's probably mostly white or at least half white, like a, whatever the racial demographic of the United States is, you know, it's going to be, let's assume it's that way uh, about these issues. And so you're like, well, they wouldn't, sit around talking about this in a way like they're trying to teach each other right like and it just and the the degree to which it happened was like all right like i get it i, I mean yeah. i got it let's <laughs> you know <Right. laughs> um and then i was totally confused as to there's a character in the movie um at, at the end of the movie um that we find had um so, 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 so Anthony goes to Cabrini Green. Um, he meets up with this guy named William Burke, uh, played by Coleman Domingo, um, who, if you've ever heard, uh, he, he's been in a bunch of different things. He's in Fear the Walking Dead, uh, he, but he's got a very um, distinctive voice. Um, okay. So if you've ever seen him in anything, you'll recognize him immediately because of his his voice but anyway so he kind of still lived where cabrini green was and kind of tells stories about how there was this guy who you know 
that they called the candy man because he would hand out sweets to kids but then one day some some candy was found with razor blades and he kind of went in hiding but then the cops found him and they beat him to death and what he also doesn't tell anthony at the time was that he was a kid he was the kid who called the police in on the guy because he was doing laundry kind of down in the laundromat and um he saw Candyman come out of the wall he freaked got freaked out obviously screamed then the right. cops came and killed him and then but then you, the Candyman that's like showing up and killing looks like this guy and not like Tony Todd what we would expect right. so and then Anthony and hearing that story this is you know things start to happen to him where he his his paintings start taking on a more visceral look to them um you know to and and he starts kind of painting about different young black men that that had been murdered kind of at the hands of racism over the years uh he starts going starts seeing things hearing things you're not really sure like what is is he killing people is like right you know and and by the end of the movie once the more of the explaining went on. I was really, I, I really didn't understand what exactly was, yeah, ha- happened. What what the purpose <laughs> of? And I kind of feel like we almost have to spoil it to to really kind of talk about it because I do too. So consider yourself because boring. I because that yeah yeah because that's there's no way to talk about what I didn't like about it without spoiling <laughs> kind of the movie. Yeah. So so we're gonna if you haven't seen Candyman. Now's the time to just you know whatever fast forward, uh, yeah. and uh, but but that what what it seems to be is that so so Anthony ends up turning into Candyman. He gets stung by a bee, uh, and sees a giant thing coming out of his hand. Doesn't think you know what I should probably go to a doctor. His skin <laughs> starts falling off, and that doesn't concern him at all. Right. Um, People around him are being murdered, uh, and that doesn't phase him. And mm-hmm. what you find out is that he was the baby that was kidnapped. Yeah. Which I liked that. I did like how it tied to the first movie. Yeah. So he was the baby that was kidnapped at the beginning of Candyman. And uh, Coleman Domingo was basically wanted Anthony knew that Anthony was the baby, figured, oh, well, he'll come back to Cabrini Green at some point, and essentially wanted to resurrect Candyman mm-hmm. as almost like a protector of the black community. Right. Yeah, that's Which my thing. I, I did not... I understand that, like, the original Candyman, you know, Tony Todd's character, was died at the hands of a, of a, of a mob, a racist mob. Yes, and then they kind of show, and they show this over the course of the end credits, and, yes. and the really cool kind of paper shadow yeah, puppets, cool. which <laughs> was like, why didn't we see this before? Was right. all of the the people that that Anthony was painting all dying at the hands of racism, for lack of a better word, police brutality, and then mm-hmm. in turn kind of becoming a Candyman throughout history yes which one doesn't make sense because tony todd was Candyman in the 19 
92, so it's not like that candy. That, I mean, from the whatever 17, 1800s, that you know what I yes. mean. So we didn't see, and and this is you know kind of 20 years later or 30 years later, they, we didn't see all these other candy mans pop up, but also like, right. So, so yeah, he kind of makes it sound like, oh, well, I need to bring Candyman back so that people fear him. And at the very end, we see Anthony acting in that almost kind of protector role. Mm-hmm. But when what the, the initial flashback of the of Coleman Domingos, his character, William, young William, seeing calling the cops and 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 the, and the guy getting murdered what we don't see until later is that his sister was one of the first victims of Candyman, the right. say the name five times which right how is that if that's what he <laughs> saw that's it was his initial introduction to the resurrection of this character was his sister who was completely blameless just a young right. black girl who heard a myth about saying the name five times why would he be like, yep, that's what we need to do? Yeah, I know. <laughs> that that makes no sense to me. Um, his character, <clears throat> and like the whole thing was just odd to me. And I, like, I get it. I get the idea. And uh, like, I, I didn't go into this wanting into the candy verse. And that's kind of what we get. <laughs> yes, like, exactly. That's like, excellent. I, that's an excellent. <laughs> I'm like, okay, Daniel Robitaille is the Candyman. Yes. Like, full stop. Yeah. Like, that's what I wanted. And and I know Tony Todd wasn't gonna like didn't have a big part, but I I knew he was in it. So I was like, okay, cool. It's gonna do like this thing, or is it the is it the guy? Is it not the guy? Yeah. And then at the end, you're gonna like Tony Todd's gonna come in and, and wreck shit. And that's what I was prepared for. Yes. Uh and man, that is not that what is this is. That is not what happened, yeah. No, I was like, okay, it's different. Uh, uh, and I don't know if I like it. <laughs> like, I was into it until the end. Like, I, again, I liked that it tied to the original, although it ignored the ending of the original, which is fine because it's a kind of a bonkers weird ending anyway with Helen being the new Candyman, for lack of a better name. Yeah, I don't remember the ending of the fr- – I mean, I just watched it when they announced – that they were making this, I rewatched it, mm. and I I don't remember. So it was like it was sort of like you know her husband lived and uh, her ex husband whatever he was yeah and he says her name in a mirror and she shows up with her hair burnt off and That's she's got right and all that so it, he didn't technically summon Candyman but he said her name and she came back which that's a weird ending and I haven't I've never read the source material so this this movie could vary you know it could have pulled from that and i would have no idea i'm just going off the fact that i fucking love Candyman so much so that i won't even denounce the other two like i'll watch them uh so i love the original and so going into this i was kind of like a little nervous but then i see i don't know dia da costa um but I, I i've never jordan seen peele. any of her stuff either right but i love jordan peele so i thought man if anybody's gonna write one then like i'm on board uh, and i don't know what how much of it was him? How much of it was the, you know the other credited writers? Um, but yeah, I was disappointed. Uh, ultimately disappointed in it. And the other thing, uh, you know, the original, like, yeah, he's got a hook for a hand, um, but like, which I still don't understand why. Like, I mean, you're gonna kill a guy. Yeah. Why are you gonna jam a hook into his hand? Like, that's right. I'm like, I was. I said to my wife, I was like, look, if you're gonna kill someone, you're gonna kill him. 
in a way that they might potentially come back. Don't give them a weapon. <laughs> Don't do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just leave it with the sawed-off nub. That's painful. That's exactly. Gonna, at yeah. the very least, get infected. You're definitely going to bleed out, probably. Exactly. So there's no need. But, uh, but um, like... For for um, for the first Candyman was fucking like gory, and this one had some gore, but yes. like I would say out of just about I don't know, say there's ten kills, I don't even know if there are that many. Uh, nine of them were just Candyman coming behind somebody and ripping their chest or their throat. There was nothing like in the first one, right, where he fucking yeah he gutted somebody from growing all the way up. You know, yeah. there's hooks going through jaws and shit. Yeah, and like all these things. And this is just like, oh, he's behind him. Gonna right, slashes him across the chest. And I don't remember there. it being like that. You didn't see him. You only saw him in like the mirror. But I, I'm assuming they were kind of doing that this way because they're. It's like you're almost like empowering him, like you're trying to bring him back, right. and he's not. But also, like they they did this thing where like they killed these. So these there's this girl. She's like goes to a, like a prep school or high school, whatever. Sees. Mm-hmm. So a- Anthony has this uh, exhibit where it's it's essentially like a, it almost looks like three. Um, like medicine cabinets together with a mirror and you're supposed to like say Candyman's name five times and you open up the mirror and there's like kind of behind it there's like these paintings of like police vibe brutality and mm-hmm. stuff and it was a pretty cool idea but yeah so the girl like goes and she looks at it and she's like yeah whatever and then she goes back and she's in the bathroom with her friends and the, the smartest person in the movie, they say Candyman three times, and she says, nope, and she fucking runs out. And I was like, <laughs> right. good for you, kid, because... <laughs> yeah. Um, so they say the name five times, and nothing happens, and then they're like, okay, whatever. And then another girl comes in, a black girl comes in, goes use the stall, and they're like kind of hitting the door, but I never got the impression that they were hitting the door like they're going to beat beat up this girl or anything. They were just kind of right. like fucking with her, and if you've ever been sure. in high school kids fuck with each other like i didn't get the impression that they were like bullying her or anything they just were like mm-hmm. kind of giving her some shit well then candyman comes and murders all of them and i'm like okay again what is the purpose of candyman <laughs> in this movie because these yeah. girls didn't do anything as far, i mean they one of them saw the exhibit the other three or four were just stupid enough to go along with her. So, like, what exactly is it that you just need people to know that this happens, and then he'll just be like, oh, that's cool, I'll help you out? Like, I don't, I still don't understand Yeah. what Yeah, what, is, what is it like a Freddy was. thing where he only has power if people are afraid of him? That kind of thing? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Or, yeah, I, I have no idea. <laughs> um, and there's one kill, like, you know, like you said, there's a kind of reflection, and then, like, this girl gets her throat torn out, and the guy that she was grinding up against the time is like, is this real? And I'm like, oh, come on, what? That's yeah. not, no, you wouldn't, that's not, I, no, whatever, but it was... Did you plan this? Is this a prank? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> come on, guys. You know, I, I just was like, ugh, yeah, I, I, and I was so disappointed because you know, I love the first one, and yeah. I just you know thought for sure that you know this thing was just going to be super badass, and you know there's so too. you know for so long it's like there's no no suspense, and then I don't know, just like the kills were just kind of there, 
you know. Yeah, well, that was another. The pacing I thought was was off, really off, because yeah. it, it. I don't. It seems like there wasn't a whole lot of story to tell, and and what there was to tell was a lot of flashback kind of stuff. Yeah. But then they ran through that stuff in paper mache over the credits. Yeah. So yeah. We spent ninety minutes of basically sort of like the fly. I guess like yeah. you get stung by a bee and slowly becomes Candyman. So it's like the fly. Right. Uh, you know, and then we get into the candy verse uh, through yep. paper mache credits. Yep. And uh, I was like, huh. I don't know. It just wasn't for me. <laughs> no, no, me neither. Like I said, it was, it was, it was disappointing because I, you know, it was because uh, it had just hit you know, the VOD or whatever. And I was like, you mm-hmm. know, Friday morning, my Fridays are usually f- completely filled with meetings. So it's like, you know, kind of in the mornings, it's, uh, you know, I'll just kind of like watch a movie while I'm working. And, and this one, I was like, was way more watching and way less working. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, cause I just was like, you know, I want to, uh, oh, I, did, make sure. I did it right. I was, I had it on, you know, I had it. I mean, I'm going to watch it at home. I didn't go to the theater, but I was in the house by myself. It was dark. Nothing yeah. with the TV on. Like I was, I was dialed in for it, and I was just, and I was just even like, and I didn't, I didn't even, I didn't react to it at all. I just sat and watched. Me it. neither. And I was like, huh. <laughs> the one cool thing is, I will say there was a there was a scene um, at the end where you know, kind of Anthony uh, kind of realizes that he's Candyman, where he's standing, and there's like a cloud of bees yeah. over his face, and it reminded me of in. Um, the magicians, the beast, which was like the big mm-hmm. bad in the first season, uh, he's got a his face is a cl- is a is a cloud of moths, um, mm-hmm. and and that imagery I thought was like really really cool, was was him with the with the coat, you know, and mm-hmm. the hook hand, and then just like this face of just cloud of bees, um, yeah. but I mean yeah, like when just, he when Candyman was on screen, he he looked cool, it was just you know I don't know. Candyman's Daniel Roll tie to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm like, nothing against the guy who came out of the wall giving candy. Like, I mm. guess you you had the best of intentions, but come on, man. Like <laughs> Like what do you like yeah. I mean, I obviously he shouldn't have been beaten to death by the cops, but sure. at the same time, this kid shouldn't have felt bad. That he screamed his head off because this right. hook-handed motherfucker like, walks out of the man. wall, grinning. Yeah, it's like re- read like, the room, man. Yeah, exactly. Like, like <laughs> grinning from ear to ear with a handful of candy. Like, I mean, good. Lo- I'd yeah. scream too. Yeah. I'd be like, oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't want them to kill you. Yeah. No, that's my bad. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, kind of felt like it was a you or me situation for a second there, but. And obviously, I want me. So. And it's funny, you know. And I and and I, 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 <laughs> I when I was explaining this to my wife, I said, "Yeah, I'm not going to get into all that." And then I was like, proceeded for like 20 minutes just to get into all of it, um, because I was like talking about like, you know, like first of all, I mean, I understand Cabrini Green's not there anymore, but like, you know, the city of of Chicago, to me does not have like an iconic skyline in the same way that you know like a new york city does or but cabrini green was i mean the way it was shot in the first movie like this huge long tower but then also with it being right next to like 
almost like right next to Miracle Mile. So we've got this like huge juxtaposition between you know this this housing project with these you know um, the, the two socioeconomic classes just couldn't have been couldn't have been different. Right. So so for now, Cabrini Green would have been knocked down. I understand they didn't do it for the movie, and it's just more condos. It just takes it. It, it could have been shot anywhere. Like this mm-hmm. movie could have taken place anywhere. Right. And then also like you know the thing that that there was also that juxtaposition between Daniel Robitaille, you know, Tony Todd, you know, this this kind of tall, hulking, you know, kind of just like the embodiment of the part of the reason he yes. was killed is this idea of, you know, this 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 myth of the, of the black man as a sexual predator, you know, like coming to, you know, rape all of our white women, you know, mm-hmm. and and this, this that sultry voice and that that seductive air about him even though he's horrifying to look at played mm. off of this naive white woman who yep. is is essentially you know in the same way that that you know that 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 you could look at like the the, the people you know kind of profiting off of black people's pain she's just to her it's a project so she's 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 mm-hmm. going to this place and she's she's basically you know, trying to just get a degree trafficking in a horror story that has a root in a black man getting killed for the sin of falling in love with a white woman, essentially. Mm-hmm. And she treats it as just like, oh, this story we just hand down. But to the people that she's talking to, it's something different. So you have all of that mixed in together. And then you have this movie where it's like, there's none of that juxtaposition. There's none of that, none of those like warring kind of themes. It's just like a, it's like a whole bunch of just like, gentrification's bad. Well, you do it. Well, no, I don't. You know, and then like, oh, I shouldn't have called the cops on that guy. You know, and then Candyman, right? And it's like, it's like everything that was great about the first one and all of the, the different the layers and why it's such a great movie because it's not just it's not just a slasher movie that's playing on Bloody Mary. Right. Which would have been fine. <laughs> sure. You know, I mean, there's hey, so there's so what? much more to it than that. And none of that I feel is here. And it's like it's almost like I don't know if you really understood I don't want to say they didn't understand it. I think it's more that they had either they had more ideas than they were comfortably they were able to comfortably convey or right. just they were trying to to put a bunch of disparate ideas together and they just didn't do as good I a job so. of of you making know, it cohesive yeah i think that i think uh yeah 100% i think it was uh it was an attempt to modernize it um and and it had a lot of ideas and it just didn't do a great job at putting any of them together. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a shame, but yep. yeah, we'll see again. I, same thing with this one. I have no idea how well it did in theaters. I don't, it's, I don't, I don't, I don't know if we can even know what that means anymore. <laughs> Yeah, that's good. Yeah, good point. <laughs> <laughs> to, be, to be perfectly honest, I mean, I know that Shang Chi is continuing to make money, which is, you know, I don't yes. know if anybody's surprised about that. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I'm um, slightly just because it's Shang Chi, but that's. <laughs> I think that it's at this point. I think the Marvel machine can pretty much <clears throat> crank out 
you know, I, I'm convinced that if yeah. they made a Howard the Duck reboot, it would make four hundred million dollars. Oh, I love Howard the Duck. Yeah, <laughs> like it would make it would make a it would make a just a, a an obscene amount of money. Um, they could probably just re-release Howard the Duck, and it would make an obscene. <laughs> yes, it would. <laughs> Although it may be the thing that kills the MCU. I yeah, there know. you go. I do like it. Though. Of course, I do. God, I haven't seen that movie in forever. But uh, what's it? What's her name? Leah Thompson. Leah Thompson. Yeah. Speciality. Yeah. Fucking uh, the world. The big weird uh, scorpion monster things. It's fucking yeah. awesome. So I think for movies next for me, I mean it's not something I really. I'm curious to to watch Dune, although I'm more curious to watch it now that I'm like already paying for it. I don't have to make any effort whatsoever. (laughs) I can just sit down and turn it on and then be like, that movie never it refuses to release for me. I always think it's soon, and then I see something. It's it's October. it's It's like the end of October though, or something. Well, I thought it was at the beginning of October. No, like I saw something the other day. I swear to God, it was like October 25th or 23rd or some shit uh, like that. Really? I know. It refuses to release. <laughs> like Every time I think it's about to come out, I see something. It's like, holy shit, that's a long way off. Oh. Well, all right. Never mind. I mean, it's <laughs> everybody's... Yeah, October 22nd. God damn it, you're right. Jesus. Everybody's seen it. That's what I'm saying. Like, just fucking release the goddamn thing. <laughs> I mean, it's been out. It's played at festivals at this point. Yeah. The fuck are you waiting for? Get your crazy sand movie on out of here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so real quick, just to end up, I have been playing Deathloop and been being frustrated uh, by Deathloop. Um, the best thing I could say is that if you if you decide to play Deathloop, just uh, there's a certain amount of go with the flow inness that I think you have to be able to embrace. Um, you know, when the game first starts out, it's very confusing, and it's meant to be because you're, you know, you basically awaken on a beach and you don't remember anything, you don't know what's going on, and then people are trying to kill you, and then you die, and then you come back, and you're like, what the fuck? So when you play this game, you're gonna feel like there's a lot of stuff that you're supposed to be doing and the game isn't really helping you kind of do those things. So as much as you might want to, like, go explore and stuff like that, while you certainly can, it's almost better to just wait. There's a there's a mission you can do where you learn how to infuse things, and infusing is what allows you to... Uh, so, so essentially, every, every day, the, the day resets. Um, so, so your name, you play this guy named Cole, uh, and all you know is that he, you wake up on this island, there's this island, and time resets every day. F- but for Cole, he also, every time he goes to a, transitions to a new area, uh, and, and the day is divided up into four, so morning, noon, afternoon, and night. So every time he transitions to a new area, he transitions to a new time period in the day. And when that happens, his, he has this, thing these they're called slabs that this would give you your magical powers and his one of the first ones he gets allows him to have three lives essentially or three deaths uh every new area he goes to so um you early on do this mission to be able to infuse things and when you infuse things 
uh, you'll essentially see like you know objects will have this like purpley shimmery glow to it and, and it's because they have this energy in it called residuum and so you absorb the residuum and that you can spend it on a weapon so if you infuse a weapon then you can carry it with you every dime the loop resets whether because the the day finished or because you died more than three times you now can bring that weapon with you the only difference is if you go somewhere in the morning and you drop a weapon to pick something else up it's gone it's just like if you were to go to whatever drive to atlanta in the morning and throw your car keys you know uh in the chattahoochee that they're gone all day (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, so so it's the same thing if in the morning you put a gun down because you find a better gun you you don't get that gun back and if you've infused it you don't get it back until the loop resets um, so I started playing this game and I'm trying to do all these different things and I, I you know, kind of fighting with it like well how am I supposed to I should have just kind of gone along with it similarly there's the game kind of starts to the idea is that there's these eight visionaries and the only way you can break the loop is you have to kill all of them in one day. But they're all over the place. And they're so so one of them might be in her lab in the afternoon and another one might be in his house in the afternoon. So so how are you supposed to if you can only go to one place per time period, how are you supposed to do this? So it opens up these leads and you can follow these leads and what the leads the goal of the leads is to learn enough about these people so that you can maneuver them to be all killable within one day. Mm-hmm. Um, and that part was kind of lost on me. I just was kind of like going around doing this, that, or the other. And I think in part because I wasn't like, I was kind of really fighting against it. I was, I was kind of playing it almost like an open world game where I'm, I want to go explore and I want to do things and that's fine. And you can certainly do that, but you you then are kind of like, well, what am I supposed to be doing? And, and because there's two sets of leads, there's like leads for the visionaries and then leads for weapons and upgrades and things like that. And you can do two of them together. So for a perfect example would be, you might hear that there's this particular gun in this one part of the, the, the uh, the island that you can only get in the afternoon and in that same part of the island there's a visionary that you can kill well then yeah sure man go do both um you know as long as um you know as long as you can can stay alive long enough you can knock both of those things out um Mm -hmm. Similarly, if you're like, okay, I've done all the leads and the next, and let's say it's, it's noon and the next thing I have to do isn't until the evening. Well, you could go, so you could either fast forward to the evening or you could say, oh, okay, well, in the afternoon, I know this person, she's in her lab. Well, I'm going to go kill her again because when she drops her slab, even though I already have that power, well, now I can get an upgrade and I can, because the visionaries, when you kill them, they drop a bunch of residuum you can then infuse the upgrade. So then, so you're building your, you know, kind of farming takes a different mindset here because it's like, you're, it's very task oriented. It's not like, I mean, destiny farming is also task oriented, but it's like, you know, it, it, it's like in destiny, if you were like, like running an ascendant, the ascendant challenge thing, cause you're trying to get a catalyst to drop. Right. Uh, it's mm-hmm. the same type of thing where you're like, okay, I know where this person is. She's always there at this time. Gotcha. I'm going to go kill him and then just, you know, fast forward the loop through and then go do it again and, you know, kind of keep doing stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. And so I kind of fought against it 
but also there's this randomness to it where so when you're playing as Cole or Colt, uh, he's talking to this woman named Juliana and she's trying to stop him from breaking the loop. And she'll invade your game. And when she invades your game, um, she, one, locks down your tunnel, so you have to hack this antenna to open the tunnels up so that you can leave the area. But two, she has the worst timing. (laughs) (laughs) So you're, like, sneaking around, trying to get past a bunch of enemies, and she'll fucking invade and just start shooting at you. And then that, then, even though the AI is, like, deaf and rock-stupid... Well, it'll alert them, and they'll come after you. So you're you're just trying to get something done. She shows up. Now, the, the good thing is when you kill her, she'll drop a random slab. So it might be something you never had before. Mm-hmm. And it might also be, uh, you know, or an upgrade. And then she drops a bunch of residuum. And these, they're called trinkets, but they're like uh, power-ups for your weapons and yourself. But they also give the benefit if you don't want it, you just sacrifice it. You get some residuum from it, and then you can put that into something you like. So... Last night I was trying my like crazy to get this thing done and she kept showing up and invading and it's like everything goes out the window at that point. Right. Totally fucks everything up. But what I also found last night was like I kept banging my head against the wall and if you play this game and you find that I'm trying this approach and it's not working, then there's another way to do it. There's probably multiple ways to do the same thing and maybe it requires you to take a different route Maybe it requires you to, to equip a different set of things. Like, don't just... It's it's not... It's it's not like something where... Oh, it, it's like... The game it encourages you to try different things and experiment, and, and you really should take that encouragement to heart. Because... Mm-hmm you might find that you get you get locked in on a particular way that you want to try to do something. And then when, you know, perfect example, last night I was trying to do this thing, started at like 7, ended at 10, didn't get it done. This morning I, I went a different way, equipped some different things, half an hour, done. Um, but it's also gets frustrating because, you know, you're kind of going around. There's sometimes, there's just, things are bullshit. I was going to do this thing the other night and Juliana invaded and literally killed me from across the map shot me like from across the map like I can (laughs) see because I'm like where I'm like I'm getting shot and I'm like where the fuck is she and I look and I just see her like way across it was like this big kind of chasm at this little balcony she's on the balcony I'm like what the fuck and dead and I'm like come on like come on I mean come on yeah. Like I don't even have a chance at that point because I don't even know where she. But that's so. Some of the stuff is and where the multiplayer comes in is that you can, if you want to turn it on because you hate yourself, you you can turn on multiplayer mode where an actual real person, kind of like in Watch Dogs, will invade your game. So they'll mm. be Juliana, um, and then you can play as Juliana <laughs> and invade other people's games. Um, and and I mean it's very much an arcane game. I mean it's mm-hmm. like the visual style, the the multiple ways of different things, the powers, things like that. Um, and I love Dishonored, and and I enjoyed Dishonored too. But I kind of like I I wasn't like as enamored with those games. I'd never finished Prey. I wasn't as enamored with those games as everybody else is, and this game is no exception. Um, like I like it. I I I can definitely um, 
appreciate the level of design and considerations that had to go into something like this with all the different the different secrets the the different ways of doing things the puzzles the the yeah. routes the the way all the powers play together all that stuff and 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 I can appreciate what went into it but at the same time like I'm kind of at the point now where like if it gets way more frustrating I'd be fine if I'm just kind of stepping away from it and like probably not finishing it yeah, um, yeah Prey had its moments like that for me particularly whenever it would introduce a new enemy type yeah and I'd be like how what am I supposed to fucking do to this thing now because you know Prey was way more of a survival well it was survival horror whereas uh, Dishonor you know they weren't uh, right resource management it was way more of an issue in Prey and I'd run up on something new and be like, oh, fuck, what am I supposed to Because all the enemies had certain things you could do. You could kill them with anything. You could you could beat anything in that game with a wrench long enough to kill it. But at the same time, like, it was going to fuck you up way before it died. So, right. uh, so yeah, I, I I don't know. This one, I'm, I, I want to play it. But the more I hear about it, the less excited I am for it. Because I was kind of hoping it was like a... Like a uh, uh, Edge of Tomorrow meets Smoking Aces, you know, but done by, you know what I mean? Like just more of a traditional action game done by the people that made those. Because I'm, I'm so fucking tired of stealthing my way through their games. I just wanted to shoot shit in this one. Yeah, and I, and I feel like I, I thought at first like that you wouldn't have to stealth your way through it. But the more that I play it, it becomes like entirely obvious that i mean the 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 problem is that there are at times just like killing one person will just make just bring the whole world down on you Mm -hmm. um and uh it just it becomes untenable um even even with with all the even with all the extra lives, like a perfect example is, and this, this isn't spoiling anything. It's, it's, um, there's, um, there's a, one of the guys, Alexis, the only way you can, you can kill him is, um, he throws a party, uh, at night and you have to kill him at his, at his party. Um, Mm -hmm. and, but everybody wears masks. So you have to figure Mm -hmm. out, well, who is he? So, mm-hmm. so the way you do it is he, he fancies himself a DJ. So every morning he, he makes a new, like, uh, he, makes, he makes a beat. He uses his machine, and you, and you kind of look at the, the order of things on the machine, and then you play that, and he'll come to the dance floor and tell everybody, okay, all eyes on me, so he can dance and everybody can see him. Well, now you'll know that that's him, right? Right. So you could just kind of tag him and then stealth your way around and kill him. But I was one of the powers they have is this thing that's called Nexus. And what it does is you send, you throw this bolt out and it links people in a way mm-hmm. that like, if whatever damage you do to one of them gets done to everybody else. So he's dancing his heart out on the dance floor. He's surrounded by like six people. I Nexus all of them. One headshot, I take out like seven of them, including him, and I'm like, great. Except for the fact that one headshot, because it wasn't a silenced weapon, apparently alerted every. Even though I've gotten in firefights in slightly down a hallway from people, 
and they don't come running. But in this situation, everybody on this fucking part of the island decides to come down on my ass. And it's so inconsistent in that regard as to when shots will alert other enemies and when they won't. Like, mm. I, I mean, I'm not kidding when I say I've gotten in firefights and I could, if I, you know, I could see other enemies that I've tagged. They're close enough that I can see them and they are just like, eh, whatever. But in this situation, <laughs> everybody, and then it was like, I was running and hiding and shooting and, and I ended up, you know, dying three times. So you're like, well, how, you know, you kind of have to be stealthy. Like, they expect you to somewhat be stealthy, unless there's powers that I just don't have that, you know, kind of allow you to to go. They even tell Colt at one point, like, don't shoot everyone. (laughs) Because there's no value in killing just regular, you know, ads, for lack of a better word. I mean, they might drop some trinkets or some ammo, but for the most part, if you can get away with not killing them, then you're really kind of better off not killing them because um, it just, you know, it just makes your life easier. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, so... um, And I'm the same way. I think part of the reason why I was getting frustrated last night and I I was trying to not... I didn't... I was stealthing my way, but I was also like, I should be able to survive firefights right um and i just kind of got a little tired of having to do all the sneaking and and all that stuff so yeah um but you know it's it's like i don't i'm not in any way saying it's a bad game i think it's it's super impressive what they've done i just think right now where i am i don't know if this is the game for me although i mean i'm curious to see kind of what happens at the end um you know i don't know i'm uh I think my aggravation with it might eventually win out. So we shall see. But um, yeah. So and then you know, obviously, we've been playing Destiny, thoroughly enjoying all of that. So oh, did you go to Fort Rucker this weekend to see if the Witch Queen was there? <laughs> I did not. Uh, I did not. It was like, turns out it's like like two and a half hours, two hours and forty minutes away, and. I don't know how to read coordinates, so unless somebody put a big fucking sign for which plane here, I would, I would just been riding around a military a military base in Alabama. So. Oh, I'm sure they would have appreciated that. Yeah, no problem there. Um, that's funny. Um, yeah. So. All right. Uh, well, uh, that's it for this episode. Um, I said Halloween's coming. If you've got favorite movies or something that you're like, oh, you guys should watch this this Halloween, uh, yeah. definitely let us know. I mean, we've got... Uh, I mean, we still have a stack of stuff that we've watched and yeah. haven't And I've, I've got an ever-growing list of things yeah. that, I, that I still need to see, but a lot of them, it's, it's... I don't know. It's just hard to know like release dates for me these days because yeah. it's like, well, it's coming out on... VOD this day, okay. Right. It hits, it hits the streaming thing this day. I'm like, okay. Right. And I only put the name in my list. I don't put release dates unless I, it's like this day in Netflix. Like, I can do that. Yeah. But, you know, it's, there's so much stuff. Yeah, and I mean, definitely, I know you started watching it, but you'll have to make sure you, you watch, uh, you know, we should try to finish uh, uh, Midnight Mass before... The next yeah, show. I you know I'm I'm on uh, 
for it to be a show, and I don't watch shows, like I, I, I find, I'm finding it hard to turn it off once I turn it on. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, without, I, I don't want to, I mean, I'll start, but yeah, there is, um, there was some stuff that I watched today, and it was just two people talking. It was just a conversation yeah. between two actors, and the way it was shot, and just the way it was, like, mesmerizing, I just was like, uh, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, I, I've I seen half of it, so. Oh, okay, yeah, I, I'm, uh, I think I might be a little more than half, or maybe about the halfway mark, so. Cool. But uh, yeah, cool. All right. Well, uh, thank you everybody for uh, spending the time with us. Uh, we really appreciate it, and uh, we look forward to spending some more time with you in the next couple weeks. So this has been episode 131 of Divided by Werewolves. So thank you again for listening. Good night, and have a good evening. Well, there's a button here somewhere. Where is it? Ah, nailed it. <laughs> <laughs>